Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented as always by 78 Sports. I'm Owen Shatterk. He's Matt Ferreira. The Futures League is back with some big news. We have announced our destination for the 2024 All-Star Game, and we're going where the champions live, in Norwich, Connecticut at Dodd Stadium. They are celebrating their 30th anniversary. We are going to help them do that by bringing our all-star game there for 2024. The best and brightest in the Futures League will be hitting and pitching and doing it all in Dodd Stadium in Norwich, Connecticut. It's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. We'll see the league's best talent in Norwich. And speaking of Norwich, Ryan Hyde, congratulations on being the captain of the UConn baseball team for this upcoming season, along with Norwich Sea Unicorns, got named Organization of the Year. A huge recognition for them, as well as with CJ Knudsen, who would be named the Executive of the Year with the Vermont Lake Monsters and staying in Vermont, the Staffer of the Year, Alex Perotti. Congratulations to all of them for their incredible achievements. Yeah, congratulations to Ryan Hyde as a Norwich Sea Unicorn and now a captain of the UConn Huskies. Very well deserved. He's had a great career for the Sea Unicorns. Uh, organization of the Year and Executive of the Year speak for themselves. Alex Parati has been great in Vermont as well. A former Futures Leaguer is back in the Red Sox, or sorry, back in the New England baseball scene in the Red Sox organization as Mickey Gasper was picked up in the Rule 5 draft from those New York Yankees. Congratulations to Mickey to coming to being welcome back here into the proper New England baseball culture. But for this episode, we have another guy who swung through New England to play for the Futures League on his way into the Red Sox organization. It was Justin Reamer who played for the Brockton Rocks in 2021, and he is on our podcast this week, Matt. Yep, just another guy from Futures League to the Red Sox, but he was very smart in talking about how he's gone about his business throughout his baseball career. Yeah, he talks about his time in Brockton. He talks about being getting that call from the Red Sox in the fourth round, being drafted alongside fellow Futures Leaguers, including his teammate Jerron Watts-Brown, uh, among other things. It's a great interview and one you don't want to miss. And the good news is you don't have to miss it because you're already here and we're going to I think we're going to send them uh send them to it Matt. You got anything else for the uh, for the crew here? I think it's time to send it their way. All right y'all, Justin Reamer coming on your screens right now. We are honored to be joined by our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He spent the 2021 summer in Brockton and was recently drafted this past uh summer by the Boston Red Sox. It's Justin Reamer. Justin, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well, man, and we'll start with the obvious. We'll start with um, draft day going all the way back though that day or that that week what were some of the preparations and anticipations you had going up to leading up to that day uh you know there was a lot of uh there's a lot of anxiety leading up to the day uh, a lot of preparations for it um but overall just excitement getting ready for the day and uh when the day came it was a day that i'm never going to forget um being with my mom and my girlfriend watching my name come across the screen is a memory that's going to stick with me forever. And you said it would be a day you never forget. What were the exact emotions or thoughts going through your head, your head when you saw your name get called? Um, emotions. I don't know if I can actually put my finger on it. I really kind of blacked out. Um, 
Uh, there was just uh, a lot of excitement, obviously, and um, it's hard to put my finger on emotion. I kind of just like was in shock for the rest of the day, honestly, probably for the rest of that week. And when you heard your name get called, any deja vu coming back to New England to play baseball? A little bit, actually, because um, a few of my buddies texted me and uh, we were reminiscing a little bit. So uh, it it was something that was brought up and uh, we were definitely reminiscing about that summer. And then for you, you've obviously had a great baseball journey, but when did it hit you that playing baseball professionally could be in your future? Uh, it was something that I... Uh, had a dream of doing for a very long time. Um, ever since I can remember when I was really young, going to nationals games back in DC, it's something that I've always dreamed of becoming one day. And uh, kind of as I was going throughout college, it's just something that was always in the back of my mind, something I was always working towards another step um, in my journey that I was looking to take. And thankfully I, I got the call that day. And before you got drafted, we mentioned it off the top. In 2021, you spent your summer in New England, in Brockton, playing uh, Futures League baseball for the Brockton Rocks. What was your time like in the Futures League? Oh, it was a blast. Uh, it's one of my most memorable summers I've had of recent years. Uh, just the environment, uh, my team, all of my teammates, the coaches that I was able to interact with, um, all of it was just so memorable and something that I will remember for a long time. And for you personally in Brockton, you hit 291 in 27 games. How did you feel coming out of that summer? I felt really confident, you know, uh, facing some really good competition up there in the Futures League. There always is really, really good arms there to face. And, and uh, being able to put up some numbers that I was decently happy with was something that I was definitely proud of coming out of that summer. Like I said, just facing, uh, that was really uh, – that was before I ever faced uh, any college pitching since I had redshirted my freshman year over at Wright State. So uh, being able to face those arms was really a good experience for me. And you talked about the good experience of facing all the college arms, but what was the best part about playing for Brockton? Honestly, probably the team. I had such a blast with all the guys, uh, just the environment in Brockton and the way that they made sure to take care of us throughout the whole summer. And, um, Overall, just like all the travel, all the new places I got to see uh, up in New England that I hadn't been before. It was just um, all of that combined was really a great experience. And you talk about the guys. You were not the only guy from that 2021 Brockton team chosen in this past draft as Jerron Watts-Brown went the round before you to the Toronto Blue Jays. Do you guys stay in touch at all? And what was it like hearing your teammate's name just before your name was called? We do, yeah. Uh, Jerron's a great guy, great teammate, great player, obviously. Um, we kept in touch for sure, and uh, seeing two rocks up there on draft day was uh, something special and something that all of us remember, but um, it was great seeing him up there. He deserved every bit of it, hardworking kid, great athlete, just uh, he deserved all of it. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier, that competition that year was crazy, and the amount of 2021 guys we heard on draft day this past year was crazy. What does it say about the level of competition and the culture that the Futures League has to offer? I think it's kind of based on what I said earlier. It's just like when you go there, you know you're going to face some of the best arms, not only in New England, but in the nation. Um, you know that all the teams are going to have good players on both sides of the ball, and uh, I knew that coming in. I was very excited to come in on that summer and know that uh, I was going to be facing all of those good arms and seeing – 
my fellow teammates also be able to ball out. So um, I think it says a lot about just like the consistent competition that the Futures League put up puts up every year. And um, it's just great. It's a great experience for anybody who gets to uh, go there for a summer. And then you said it earlier, that competition was great and you had never faced competition like that before because you went to Brockton before going to Wright State. What specifically about your mechanics or about your approach to the game, to the plate, changed because you came into the Futures League, because you faced this elevated competition? I think I learned a lot about myself that summer uh, on a baseball side of things. Uh, there was a lot of things uh, from my hitting perspective that I worked on a lot, just starting to see consistently higher velos than I saw in high school. Like you said, that I hadn't seen really any live college pitching much other than uh, some scrimmages and stuff. But uh, I think getting used to that um, velo and just the overall speed of the game, everything moves a little bit faster, moving, making a transition, whether that's from high school to college, college pro ball, everything always speeds up a little bit. So um, I think throughout that summer, I kind of got my feet under me and started uh, figuring out how to approach each at bat. Uh, and that kind of led to more and more progression as I was at Red State. Yeah, and your progression was clear and evident as you were named an All-Star in 2021, the first of our two All-Star games in New Britain in 2021. What was it like being part of that All-Star experience? Probably the most memorable part of the uh, whole summer. I love New Britain. They always had an amazing atmosphere up there. Uh, and just being around all the guys from the league kind of in that non-game scenario is really great, like meeting a lot of the other guys throughout the All-Star game, all those great players I was able to play alongside with that uh, I wasn't just playing against like I was the rest of the season. It was really great being able to interact with them and interact with some of the other coaches as well. But like I said, New Britain's a great environment. I really loved playing there and that All-Star game was something special. Yeah, that was certainly a fun All-Star game. And one of the aspects of our All-Star game that we've highlighted multiple times on this podcast is the fact that you guys get a real opportunity to play in front of major league scouts. Obviously that certainly benefited you um, among the other guys, but what was it like uh, playing in front of those scouts and how did you prepare for that? Um, that was really my first time. Uh, I would say that I played in front of major league scouts. Uh, that was really, really my first experience with that. And, you know, I went into the game, um, obviously I knew that they were going to be there, but I tried to, maintain as much composure as I could. Obviously I had some excitement, had some nervousness and that's all part of it. And I've always felt like that whenever I'm nervous, I feel like that kind of fuels my game. So I don't really try to make myself stop being nervous or anything like that. So I just kind of let it, let it burn a little bit and just uh, use that to focus myself for the game. Hold on. We'll get right back to back to the futures, but first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S 
E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And I want to transition to college a little bit. You talked about being a red shirt. What was that process like, and how did you come to that decision? Uh, so it was uh, a process that we talked about a lot uh, as I was getting recruited by Wright State and kind of that fall and winter leading up to that spring season. It was just um, going to be the best decision for me, and looking back, I still believe it was the best decision for me to uh, save that year of eligibility. We had some really, really talented uh, infielders ahead of me, some draft picks as well we got Tyler Black who's in the Brewers organization Damon Deuce who's a, a free agent pickup for the Giants just really talented infielders and being able to be a redshirt that year I think was particularly uh, beneficial to me because I got to watch those guys compete day in and day out and how they went about their business and I credit a lot of who I am now and how I go about my work to watching them every day and about how they go about their business. And you said it's beneficial to be a uh, to have redshirted, and you also said it was beneficial seeing college arms in the Futures League, and that paid off as a redshirt freshman when you hit three twenty nine in forty four games with thirteen doubles and two homers, en route to being the Horizon League All Freshman and All Tournament teams. Production like that it's not often seen by somebody so young. How were you able to produce at such a high rate, uh, being an underclassman? I think the biggest thing for me was taking each day for its own, really attacking each day the same way, going about my business the same way, not like worrying, oh, I went 0 for 4 yesterday. I really got to make up for it today. Nothing like that. Just really going after my business the same way and knowing what worked well for me. I think I grew a lot that year in the box, um, figuring out what approaches worked for me, things like that. Um, I really think that just going in there every day with a fresh mind and doing the same things that I do every day, knowing that it would set me up for success was something that helped me a lot. And after your first year, you would play both second base and shortstop. What is that like? And what are the similarities and differences in the positions? I love both positions equally. So um, I've always bounced back and forth a lot. Uh, I think there's, a lot of responsibilities at both positions. You have some obvious uh, footwork and glove work differences between the two positions, but uh, I think there's a lot of importance that comes with each position. And shortstop's obviously a little bit of a longer to throw, so maybe you got to practice that a little bit more. Second base, some would argue it's a little bit of harder of, of a uh, double play feed, so some would argue that that part of the second base is harder. But I think that overall, like, if you have good footwork and like things like that, I think that's a similarity. It's just like, if you have the footwork, if you practice your craft at either spot, um, you're going to have success in the either one. As a follow-up to that, you play both positions. So this is kind of, I guess not foreign to you, but it, it makes more sense to you than some of the other guys on the infield, but the rule, the new rule in the MLB with the shift, you know, they changed that rule to you know kind of allow infielders to say more on the infield and provide uh, and take the shift away what are your thoughts on that and number one and number two how do you adjust to that as someone who plays both shortstop and second base you know um 
I haven't been able to play in a game with the shift rule yet, obviously, but I really think that for me personally, I'm looking forward to seeing how it affects me. I'm not really sure how it will. Um, I never, only very few times I would in college, like we would have a full shift on that would have been affected by that rule. So being in the position where I really didn't shift much in high school or college or any of my levels of baseball didn't shift that dramatically. I think I'll be able to adjust all right, but um, definitely something I'm, I'm interested to see how it continues to affect the game, but so far it looks like it's affecting it well. So from general positions to specifically at Wright State, um, you guys had a great year. You were part of the NCAA playoffs last year. Did you know that this team was going to be as good as it was going in, or did you kind of just follow the wave and see what happened? This past season, I did know. Uh, we had such a great group, core group of guys over there. Just everybody worked so hard at their role, and we all were pushing for the same goal, and I think that was so important going into that year. Um, such a talented team that we had this year. When I went down back in March, it was just like right away, something, we were able to fill the spot. Somebody was ready to step up and make the next play, make the next at-bat. And I think seeing us continue to bounce back like from early, early on in the fall, like bouncing back from difficulties and like coming together as a team, I knew that this, this team was going to be very special and they ended up, we all ended up being very, very good. And it was uh, very fun to watch. You talked about as early as fall, you noticed people stepping up, but you were talking about that core group of guys. Did you know when the season ended last or, two years ago now that this team was going to be special i did uh i knew that the core group of guys that we had like i had said were going to step up i knew that everybody had the same goal in mind um leaving that regional that that previous year leaving that regional we all right away had the same goal in mind for the next year we were going to make it back to a regional we were going to compete we were going to win our conference championship i knew that that those guys had the drive that it took to be as good or better as the last year. And um, I kind of, I, I feel like we all kind of felt it from the start that we had the drive and we had the capability and the skills to do that. And you mentioned it this past season, unfortunately you did go down tearing your ACL and had uh, undergoing season ending surgery. I do want to ask about that, but first uh, how about an update on your recovery? How's that process going? Uh, have you done any baseball activity yet? I know it's a little soon. Uh, so we're starting to. Uh, it's, the recovery is going really well. Um, everyone down here in Fort Myers has done an amazing job. They've been ridiculously supportive, and they're all so smart about everything. And I wouldn't be where I am without their help over the last couple of months I've been down here. But a little bit of an update. I'm starting to uh, – I've been going through my hitting progression. I started hitting about – a month, month and a half ago, started hitting again, been starting to throw, starting to run a little bit. So we're getting back to normal a little bit, starting up some baseball activity, which is something that I'm very happy about. That's great news. That's great news. And then kind of to start it off generally, what is the process like coming back from a major knee injury? It's taxing. Uh, I think if you ask anybody, it's everybody will give you the same answer. It's taxing physically, but even more so in a lot of cases, it's taxing mentally. It's uh, taking 
people who have gone through a surgery like me away from the game that they love for an extended period of time. And a lot of work has to be put in, in those, however long the recovery time is for me, it's nine, 12 months. Um, it's, it's a grind throughout the whole thing, but, uh, it's something, it's a process that I've learned a lot about myself throughout. Um, and just being able to go through this adversity is something that I think will definitely benefit me later in my career. And unfortunately, the ACL tear, it happened rather early in your NCAA season. How did you stay involved with the team throughout the season while being injured? It wasn't hard, honestly. Um, I was down for about probably about a month where I wasn't able to get around much, wasn't able to go to games and practice as much. And that hurt me a lot. So when I was finally able to go back out there and rejoin the team for games and then rejoin the team for more practices and stuff. It was something that I enjoyed a lot and being able to watch some of my closest friends in college go out there and ball out the, the entire rest of the season that I was able to watch was something that was very special to me. And cause I know how hard all of us worked to get to that point in the season and how hard we worked to be as good of a team as we are. So it was very, it was very exciting for me to watch that payoff for everybody. And I was curious on the rehab since you tore your ACL at Wright State. What was it like transitioning your rehab from Wright State medical staff to a Boston Red Sox medical staff? It was very smooth. Um, everybody that I had at Wright State um, that I had at my PT place back in Ohio, they were all for it. They were so excited for me and. Um, they were talking to my P future PT back then down here and we were getting everything squared away. And it was, I really am grateful for them. It was for the smooth transition that they helped me with to give right back at it down here. It was, it was very smooth and I give it to everyone, give my thanks to everyone who helped with that process. Cause it's, it was complicated, but it was, uh, it worked out really well. Before we return to back to the futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian back company. Rob Zorian started the company, Zorian Back Company, in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest-grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond, and after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And you were the 42nd player in program history and the 18th draft pick over the last nine drafts out of Wright State. Did you have any help from former teammates or Wright State alumni through the draft process or any tips from Coach Sogard? I did. Um, alumni, Coach Sogar, Coach Metzger, Coach Sloan, everyone was so supportive throughout the whole process. I definitely picked their minds, picked a lot of people's minds. A lot of our recent alumni who um, I had played with and our coaches, I was talking to them a lot about it. And I couldn't have asked for a more supportive group around me, whether that was obviously the coaches and the alumni, but also my family and just everyone around me was so supportive throughout the whole process. And I really, um, I'm really thankful for everyone who I had around me, including especially the coaches at Wright State. 
And after the draft, the Red Sox would assign you to the Florida Coast League. What was that experience like getting a little bit, a little taste of professional baseball under your belt? It was great. Uh, it was really a blast uh, being able to come down here with my draft class and uh, being able to experience kind of all of Fort Myers and the spring training complex together for the first time. Uh, being able to bond with each other throughout those first uh, couple months was really special and a lot of fun and watching the uh, FCL team and some of my draft class buddies join the FCL team to compete out there was something that was also very uh, enjoyable to watch and overall just a great experience uh, at JetBlue. And we've seen the Red Sox draft lots of middle infielders in the first few rounds in the last few years. Have you learned anything from those players or has it added any motivation to you? Uh, I've learned endless things. Uh, I've really been, I've been lucky that to been surrounded by a lot of our uh, past draft picks and obviously our draft picks from this year as well. My fellow draft classmates uh, really learned a lot from them. Kind of like same thing I learned at Red State. I feel like it's the same process. Um, no matter what level, when you're first arriving to a level, you kind of just kind of pick their minds and like see how they'll get, they go about their business, see how professional ball is, things like that. And um, I'm lucky to have been surrounded by a lot of those guys down here in Florida. So it's been really um, insightful and interesting to learn about uh, pro ball through them before I get ready for my first pro ball season next year. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, we've heard many stories from other draftees. Uh, did anyone contact you within the organization when you were selected? Uh, we Yes, I did have a few. Uh, definitely feel like welcome to the organizations, welcome to the families. And it's something that I appreciate a lot because I was still a scared little 21-year-old being like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to a professional organization. So uh, it was definitely comforting and uh, very comforting to have those open arms as I was first joining the organization. And I always find it. I'm always curious to find out, especially from people that make it to professional levels, who the biggest influences on their baseball careers and players they idolized as a kid and now that they got drafted. Whew, that's a tough question. I'm going to go um, – definitely I had a lot of players that I idolized growing up, going all the way back to like when I was very young, Felipe Lopez uh, back on the older Nats teams mm -hmm. and then – more recently throughout uh, high school and college, like Francisco Lindor, Anthony Rendon, a lot of those like uh, really good players from this generation as well. Um, I model my game. Uh, I model my game with those guys a lot, but overall, like the impact of just like each of the coaches that I've had at each level and all of the extremely talented baseball players that I was able to play with in high school and that I was able to play with and watch in college is uh, something that I accredit a lot of my skills and uh, my work ethic to is kind of being around all those great influences throughout my career. And we have a couple more questions for you, Justin, here before we wrap up. And we're going to go back to the Futures League for these ones. When your first year in Brockton, obviously, you know, you were new. Uh, a couple of the guys on the team were veterans. What was the best advice that you were given during your first year in Brockton? I think the best advice that I was given was to just stay within myself. Um, I think that was a big thing for me, uh, stepping onto that field, uh, playing all that new college um, 
new college arms and facing all those new college arms I hadn't really seen much of before. I think being told that and like being having the internal comfort to just keep playing the game that I know it's still the same baseball. It's still the same pitch coming in, uh, being able to have that comfort and just let my game play uh, was something that was super helpful as I was starting to starting in that summer. And then we're here at about the beginning of December. So players are going to start thinking about summer ball, thinking about starting contracts for those who are new, for those who are going into this blind, what's the best advice that you can give to those guys to have a fulfilling summer and a fun summer? Kind of how you ended that just have fun and taking the moment every single day. Um, it's something that I've said a lot and it's something that I'll continue to live by. Uh, and it's something that I learned a lot from the adversity of this injury as well. It's just don't take any of those days for granted. Um, there's some long trips. There's some long road trips that sometimes will feel very uh, extended, but it's something that you don't get experience very often. And it's really such a great experience being able to go out there and experience all these new places and new teams to play and new stadiums. It's something that, uh, You'll never forget, so you just have to go out there every day and really take in the moment and uh, enjoy the moment. That is great advice from one Justin Reamer. And one final question. I know we talked about it a little earlier. You're back to hitting. Do you have a target date for full baseball activity yet? Yes. So we are shooting for uh, the goal ever since I've been down here is to shoot for to be full go by the beginning of spring training. Uh, so far, we're on track for that. So Barring any setbacks, we're still shooting for uh, need to be full go by spring training. You heard her here, folks. Justin Reamer should be ready for the start of spring training. We are so excited to see that and where the rest of your career goes. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything, and we can't wait to see you in a Red Sox uniform, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. This has been Season 8, Episode 4 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.